God, how many of you were here Sunday? Raise your hand. It's good to see you. Those that didn't raise their hand, we missed you. We we uh, we hope that you'll get that uh, CD. Just get a hold of Pastor Augustine, and and you'll be able to get a hold of that CD. But I want to go through and review some things real quick on your handout. I kind of like to give this to you because I want you to take some notes. I want you to be able to to take some notes. Now, if you've got a photographic memory, that's really great. I wish that you could lay your hands on me and I could receive that. I'd like to receive that. But unfortunately, I have to fight through some things that... Um, that my past has probably hurt some of my brain cells, but how many of you know I'm being renewed? Amen? You know, as the Word of God can come forth and, and renew my mind, you know, that's what it's about, Romans 12, 2. It says, don't be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So turn to your neighbor and say, my mind's being renewed. Turn to your other neighbor and say, my mind's being renewed. Well, I want us to look at something real quick. I want us to talk a little bit about being led by the Spirit of God, and we talked a little bit about Sunday, but I just want to review something real quick. Um, Susan, you can go ahead and advance the slide. I want us to look at the first thing that we know if we are going to be led by the Spirit of God, that something that we know that we must do is that, number one, we must be everybody. We must be born again. You must be born again. You must have your spirit rejuvenated, rebirthed. John 3, 3 says this. Jesus answered. He was talking to Nicodemus, and he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So I want us to be able to see the kingdom of God. I want us to be able to see what God is doing. I want us to see what the kingdom of God represents and what it's about. So you must be born again. Your spirit becomes one with him in spirit. If there's anybody here tonight that's not born again, we know that that can change. Amen? Just open your heart to Christ and allow him to come in. He'll forgive you of your sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen? And you will be a new creature in God. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Now, your other neighbor, tell him he's talking about you too because you're a new creature. Now, the second thing we touched on, and I really didn't get into it, and I want to get into it a little bit more uh, tonight, is you must have humility. If you're going to be led by the Spirit of God, if you're going to allow the Spirit of God to lead you, you must have humility. Psalms 25, 9 says, He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them His way. God guides the humble in what is right and teaches them His way. We need to know God's ways. We need to operate in God's ways. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, Jesus was talking about in the Beatitudes. He said that blessed are the meek, the humble, the, the lowly, not in low position, but those willing to bow themselves before the Lord, he says, they will inherit the heavens. i just waiting to see if anybody was awake. He said, they will inherit what? The earth. And all of us are trying to get to heaven, and he says, you're going to inherit the... That's what he says. So we're going to inherit the earth. So I want us to know that we need to be humble. There needs to be humility there. And I want us to look at, I want to just dig into this tonight a little bit. Is that okay if we just kind of dig a little deeper? Let's look at humility. 
first of all, what, what does humility look like? What are some of the things that the characteristics of humility? And that's why I kind of gave this to you. First of all, I want to give you what goes in that little blank right there. And what it is is that we must be self-controlled. That word that goes in there is self-controlled controlled, and does not get angry. We must be a person that is self-controlled and does not get angry easily or easily angered. Okay? There's got to be self-control. Somebody say self-control. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27 says, Be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. When you look at this scripture, if you allow the sun go down on your anger, what's it say? You're going to give the devil an opportunity. Come on. Now, I've tried to, we've we've counseled with people, I've tried to do it myself, you know, and tried to have enough self-control to where I, I, I don't get angry, because I can get angry and some really some things can happen, amen? I mean, you know, it cannot be a pretty picture if any of us get angry. We can throw fits, we can do sorts of things, we can look like a kid throwing a fit in a grocery store, and it doesn't look good on your six-year-old, it definitely doesn't look good when you're 47, Can I get an amen? So we have to be self-controlled. That means you have to control yourself. Don't get upset. Don't get angry. He says if you get angry, get angry and sin not. Now, most of the time we get angry. What do we get angry about? We don't get angry on a righteous thing like Jesus got angry because of the righteousness of God. You know, we get angry on something because we didn't get our way. (laughs) Right? We didn't get our way. So we get angry because we didn't get our way. So another scripture, Exodus 34, 6, says, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and in truth. Abounding in loving kindness and in truth. That's our God. He is slow to anger. How many of you are thankful that God is slow to anger? I am. I, I am very thankful that he is slow to anger with the things of me because I need to be self-controlled and I need to not get angry easily. You know, well, pastor, that's great, but you know, Jesus got angry about some things. Yeah, he did. He, he got very angry. He got angry in the outer court about what was taking place there, but he had a righteous anger and it wasn't a personal driven anger. It was different than some of the anger that we go through. It wasn't a personal anger. He was angry at the situation. So the second thing that we need to look at is, is what, what, what about a characteristic of humility? How do we know if we're humble or not? We must be humble in spirit and not easily offended. If you get offended easily, then we're not being led in the spirit. Come on, somebody. We're not hooking in with the things of God because God doesn't want us to get easily offended. He doesn't want us to get offended because he says, woe to those for who offense comes. So we've got to be careful about that. If we are going to be led in the the spirit of God, if we're going to be walking in the spirit of God, we do not need to get offended easily. I gave with you a scripture, Romans 12, 3. It says, for the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. <laughs> Sometimes we think we got it all. We're, what they say? I'm, I'm, I'm everything in a bag of chips or something. I, 
whatever that is. You know, it's like, you know, I, I got it all. I, I, you think you, you got it all. But to, think to, to, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Now, I want you to make sure that you make a note of that Romans 12, 3, because we're going to come back to that. You know, we're going to look at that. How many of you know Jesus only offended people while he was obeying what the Father told him? He only offended people while he was obeying what the Father said. He just didn't go around try to offend people just to offend them. But he was bringing in, he was bringing in a new order. He was ushering in the kingdom of God, and it offended some people. He didn't offend them just for his own personal rights. Let me say that again. He did not offend them just for his own personal rights. And a lot of times we will offend somebody to get what we want, to have what we want, and we'll offend somebody just because we have the right to. Well, she shouldn't have talked to me that way, so I let her hold it. Well, you probably offended her. Don't get easily offended. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. I want to look at verses 1 through 5. Matthew chapter 18. Everybody there say amen. Anybody not say I'm not. I'm not. I'm in 16, 17, 18. Yeah. The disciples obviously were a, a very feisty bunch. They were kind of arguing about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. At that time, the disciples, verse, verse 1 says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself, and he set him before them. And he said, Truly, I say to you, unless you are converted, listen, and become like little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. I began to start thinking about this, and I thought, he said, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he calls this child forth, and he sets him before him, and he says, unless you become like this child, unless you become like this child, how many of you have had kids that have gotten into an argument with the neighbor kid, come in and say, Mom, Mom, you know, they, they did this, he hit me, or he threw a rock at me, or whatever, and say, okay. And then all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, you look out in the backyard, and they're playing together. They don't get offended. I think we need to be like these children and not take offense. Come on, somebody. When somebody says, I want your lollipop, and takes it and puts it in the dirt accidentally, drops it, you get it up and you wash it off and stick it back in your mouth. They don't get offended, you know. Some of them share the lollipop. Are you with me? Maybe we need to be like those little children and not share the offense that we get. They're okay with each other. It doesn't matter. You know, well, he was mad at you. Don't you know that he was mad at you? Well, well, that was yesterday. I mean, we got ball games to play and ball to throw, and you know what I mean? We got hopscotch to play, and we got to go swing and go on the slide. So they've forgotten all about it. Why don't you forget about it? 
So I think we need to realize this as, as we come humble in our spirit and we don't get easily offended, we are going to begin to walk in the spirit of God. Do you know how many times Jesus got offended? I don't know the answer to that. So I'm not, I'm not asking you to say, well, one, two, three. I don't know as if he got offended. I think he probably offended some people. I know he offended some people. But I don't know if he actually got offended and said, well, fine, I'm not going to do it, Dad. I know what I got to do, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> In fact, at the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, not my will, but yours. He said, if you'll take this cup from me, if, if we can do this a different way, if we don't, ha- I don't have to go through this to be able to do what needs to be done. And he said, Father, doesn't matter. It's not my will. It's your will. Whatever needs to be done, needs to be done. And he didn't get offended. I'm telling you, he was spit on. He was slapped. He was beaten. Now, I could just drag somebody out into the foyer and beat you silly, and you have no idea, no reason why I'm doing what I'm doing, probably no right, no justification. How would you feel? All I'm saying is that I'm an unnatural man, and Jesus probably felt pretty bad. But he said, I could call down legions of angels, but I'm not going to. And he's on the cross, and he looks down at the Pharisees, and he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He would not even take offense on the cross. We can't be, if you're going to, If you're going to be led by the Spirit of God, it is so, so, so important not to get offended. Not to get offended. We began to start thinking, I began to start thinking back and, oh, we're coming on 10 years now being able to be here. But I'm telling you, nine years ago, there were some issues that I was dealing with and somebody would come up and say, you know, I really don't like your tie. And I really struggled I wanted to quit over a tie. <laughs> over a tie. Oh, I'm sorry you don't like it. But we cannot get offended. There was Sister Nancy James came in and she ministered. And I remember her calling Shelly and I up. And she was saying, some will leave and you got to let them go. And God is going to give you a grace to let them come and let them go. And let them come and let them go. And I remember that, and and I remember thinking, I don't want anybody to leave. We don't want you to leave. We we want you to grow and grow in the things of God because most of the time when people leave, they just don't leave to go to another church. They just don't go to church. Hello? So we can't get offended. We, We continue. I'm telling you, the enemy wants you to get offended. He wants to stop what God is doing through you. And you're not going to let that happen. We're, we're not going to let that happen. Turn to your neighbor and say, that can't happen. We're not going to let that happen, okay? So do not get easily offended. Okay, the third thing that we need to realize, and, and a characteristic of being humble, is that we must be, anybody know what goes there? Anybody know what goes there? Hey, y'all, look up, look up. It's right up there. Does anybody know what goes there? Okay, I got four or five over here. Are y'all awake? Okay. A characteristic 
I want you to get this because you've got to be what? You got to be. Hey, you got to be. You got to be teachable. You got to be teachable. Well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Who said you can't? That's just an old wives' tale or some kind of tale, dog's tale or whatever it might be. I'm telling you, you can teach an old dog new tricks if the old dog wants to learn the new trick. It's no different with a new dog. You can teach new dogs new tricks, but if a new dog doesn't want to learn the trick, guess what? The new dog's not going to learn the trick because you know why? Because if you're the new dog and you don't want to learn the trick, then you're just probably being self-controlled. You're controlling yourself. You're stopping yourself. We need, In order for, to be humble, you need to be teachable. I've had people come in and say, well, you know, you ought to do this, and you ought to do that, and you ought to do this. And I listen to it, and I weigh it. Do, can it? Will it work? What, what merit does it have? Is it just coming from somebody else's traditional background? Or, you know, what, what is it that we're going to have? So we've had to weigh that, okay? We want to be teachable. We want to learn. I don't have it all figured out. Lord knows I don't have it all figured out. But sometimes we get to the point where pride comes in, and the opposite of pride is humility, where pride comes in and you say, you know what? It's just the way I am. I can't change. That's bologna or salami or cheese. You can change. Change. We, we can change. There can be changes. You can make adjustments. People not being teachable, that's why there's people on death row today. That's why you can go to the prisons and they're full. Come on, somebody. Because somebody doesn't want to change. They don't want to be teachable. They say, nope, I'm going to do it. And they'll take offense and they'll draw a gun out and kill their brother because they got offended. And they're in the slammer today. Are you with me? So we've got to look at how important this is. If we're going to live a spirit-filled life and we're going to live a, a God uh, spirit-seeking-him life, we have got to realize that we cannot, cannot, cannot get to the point where we are not teachable. I've watched Pastor Virginia just grow tremendously. I mean, she's... She's learning stuff and just going into another realm, and I'm just trying to wrap my brain around this one, you know. And she's a teacher, and she could get to the point where it's like, I'm done. I don't have to. I can teach, but I don't have to learn anymore. But continually learning, continually learning. She's not the only one. There's many of you in here that are continually learning. You're continually growing. Humility has a price tag. It does. It hurts when you have to come back and humble yourself and say, honey, I was wrong. You were right. It's the first time I was wrong. I probably won't be wrong again, but I was wrong. She can smile because she knows I've had to come back. There are times where you have to say, I'm sorry, forgive me, when it's not even your fault. just to keep peace in a situation, just to bring humility into a situation and to say, you know what, if he can do it, I can do it. One of the greatest, I think, acts of humility in the Bible was when Jesus went to wash the disciples' feet. And Peter said, "Uh uh-uh, 
you're not washing my feet. And I'm paraphrasing now. And Jesus more or less said, unless I wash your feet, you don't have any part with me. He humbled himself and he washed the feet. We haven't had a foot washing in a long time. Maybe we need to do that. I know we've done that. We've washed some of y'all's feet out here and, uh, and anointed them with oil and, and, and let you know how much we love you, how much we care for you. And it's humility to do that. It's humility. So I've had to humble myself before the Lord. I've had to humble myself before my wife. And she has done the same to me. And there's times where we've been this far apart that when all of a sudden one of us moves and humbles ourselves, then it gets really good. Not going there. Not going to tell you about that. But it gets good. Listen, humility has to be cultivated. Humility has to be developed. If I, Lord knows, if I could bring you up here and lay hands on you and you be humble after I lay hands on you, that would be wonderful, but it doesn't work that way. There are impartations that can take place, and humility is not one of them. Come on, somebody. I want you to think about it. We go through some things, and we have to humble ourselves. It's a bending of our knee. It's not me making you bend your knee. If I could if I could just lay hands on you and just explode humility inside you, I would love to be able to do that. I don't see anywhere in the Word of God where he's been able to lay hands on somebody and they became humble. Are you with me? So we need to look at this and we need to realize and understand that humility has to be developed. And when does it get developed? Humility gets developed in the middle of a trial. Hello? In the middle of the fire. That's when humility gets developed. In the middle of a difficult place, humility gets developed. When things get tough and all of a sudden you got to come back and you got to say, look, I am sorry. I I was wrong. I I I spoke to you out of turn. I used a sharp tone of voice. I apologize for speaking to you that way. I didn't mean to speak to you that way. There were some things at work that were just building up, and I came home and took it out on you. Or there were some issues with the kids, ladies, and you take it out on the husband. And you you know you use a sharp tone of voice and you say something that shouldn't be said. And all he wants you to do is just to come back and say, "Honey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you." I'm telling you, it'll melt a great Alaskan iceberg when you begin to be humble and you say, you know what, I was wrong. Or you know what, you're absolutely right. We need to do this. Or I made a mistake. I messed up. I did something I shouldn't have done. Humility is developed in the midst of a fire. Let me give you another scripture. If I can find it here. little computer keeps jumping on me. We need to remain we need to be teachable. We need to understand that we've got to be humble and allow God to change and shape and mold us in the things of God. I, I want us to understand that um right here it is. Psalms eighty six eleven. Do I have that for you? Is it up there? Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I really believe that We need to allow God to teach us his way. We need to allow God to teach us his way. And there are some things that are difficult sometimes that we'll begin 
to walk into some things. And I'm telling you, the more humble we can be, the better off we're going to be. And there is power. I'm telling you, there is strength that come. There's a quietness and assurance that when you're humble and you're not haughty or puffed up, okay, that you will be able to walk in power and authority with God. Power and authority with God. Okay, the third thing. You know, we talked about, first of all, we talked about in order to be led by the Spirit of God, you must be born again. We talked about that you need to be humble. And then we talked about number three. Does anybody know what number three is? You must develop faith. Say faith. We got, if you're going to be led by the Spirit of God, you have got to develop faith. You've got to operate in faith. I, I could go on and on. Maybe you could get some of the teachings on faith. If, if, if you're dealing with fear in areas, you need to start looking at the Word of God on faith. You need to start standing up and look and say, God, we've just got to be led by faith. We've got to walk. The righteous will walk by faith and not by sight. And again, Romans 12, 3, check, that, check this out. We, we said something earlier about that. We used it. For the, through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of Everybody, a measure of faith. I'm telling you, some people say you got no faith. I'm telling you, you got faith. You have a measure of faith. Jesus says if you got faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thy removed, cast yourself into the sea. The mustard seed grows and becomes such a large tree that even the birds can come and rest on it. That's the faith you got on the inside of you. You want to be led by the Spirit of God? You're going to have to walk in faith and not fear. Somebody say faith. I mean, faith is just a practical expression of your confidence that you have in God. You have to have confidence in God. I'm telling you, God will do it. Say that. God will do it. Again, God will do it. One more time. God will do it. He, he will do it. He will do it. I'm telling you, if you got faith and you will believe and you'll have hope and then all of a sudden you'll pray and you'll fast and you'll speak the word and you'll live right and you'll take that faith and it'll pull it out of that realm and it'll manifest in the natural realm and there it is. The things that you've hoped for are showing up. The things that you believed God for are showing up. Oh, I don't know about you, but I believe tomorrow morning somebody's going to get up and there's something that they, you have stepped out in faith and you believed God for and all of a sudden it's going to be there. Amen? Turn your neighbors out. I think he's talking about you. Hey, because I'm talking about you. I, that wants to be me. I don't know about you, but maybe it's me. Lord, is it me? I, maybe it's something that I want. I'm going to take it and pull it down. Let's just reach up and pull that thing down. Let's just pull it down tonight. Come on. Come on, pull it down tonight. You know what like, You know what she did? Something happened, and, and she pulled that thing down, and there it was. It manifested. I wonder where mine was. Well, it's because you didn't pull it down. <laughs> there it is. We're going to get that faith. And you know what? If it doesn't happen tomorrow, doesn't mean it won't happen the next day. Come on, somebody. And it may not happen on Thursday to you, but it's going to happen on Friday. And if it doesn't happen on Thursday or Friday, then guess what? Saturday's coming, and it's going to be that day, and that thing's going to manifest, and things are going to begin to change. But if it doesn't happen on Thursday, and it doesn't happen on Friday, and it doesn't happen on Saturday, I want you to know that Sundays are coming, and that could be your day.
it down and say, there it is, because you're going to be led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Woo, I don't know about you, but I've done faith myself happy. <laughs> I like faith. I like faith. I'm telling you, I have some faith. Thank you, Lord, for faith. Let's just thank the Lord for some faith. Come on, give him some praise. Thank you, Lord, for faith. He's given you a measure of faith. You have a measure of faith. 2 Corinthians 7, 5 says this. We live by faith and not by sight. Now, I, I want to put up the amplified version. Look at this amplified version. It says this. We walk by faith. Here's what the amplified version says. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy fervor. Thus we walk not by sight. Look at that again. We regulate our lives. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief Respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. With what? With what? Oh, man, I, my, my, my life verse is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He, we, we with trust and holy fervor. <laughs> There's some holy fervor going to hit you. And you're going to say, you know what? I'm believing for it. And they say, well, you've been believing for it for 10 years. It don't matter. 10 years and another day, I'm still believing. I'm still having faith that it's going to begin to happen. Amen? He says, with holy fervor, thus we walk by faith and not by sight. Are you with me? So we don't walk by sight or appearance. It's not what you see in the natural. Because things can look pretty difficult in the natural. Things can look in the natural like it's not going real good for you. But I want you to know that that situation is subject to change. I said that situation has got to to bow its knee at the Lord Jesus Christ. That situation, you might have a daughter. You might have a son. They might have just got locked up. You might have just went and bailed them out and said he's no good for nothing. I'm here to tell you that situation is about to change. If you walk by faith and not by sight, if you believe in the things that are unseen and not the things that are seen, if you call those things that be not as though they were, then that child, that husband, that daughter, that wife, that aunt, that uncle, they're coming to know Jesus Christ in a more intimate way, and nothing, nothing's going to stop it in Jesus' name. Woo, hallelujah. I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, this faith thing, if you're going to be led by the Spirit of God, you got to have faith. If you ain't got no faith, you're not going to be led by the Spirit of God. You can be humble all you want to, but without faith, well, we'll get there in a minute. I'm telling you, faith is awesome. Well, we don't see it. I can't see it. Well, yeah, it's kind of like a radio wave. You see it? Y'all see the radio wave? Can you? How about your brain? Can you see it? It's there. Hello? It's there. Your brain's there, but you can't see it. The radio wave is there. You can't see it. This is a cordless mic. There's no cord. There's a radio wave that it rides on. Are you with me? It's there. We can't see it, but it's there. Turn to your neighbor and say, faith is there. 
Tell them, say, neighbor, you may not be able to see it, but it's there. I was going to tell you to tell your neighbor that your brain is there. You might not be able to see it, but it's there. We're talking about going to faith in a higher level. Faith is a higher level than your senses. Let me say it again. Faith is at a higher level than your senses. Well, I can't feel it. I can't see it. can't touch it. It doesn't mean it's not there. We could just get a glimpse into the spiritual realm. Look at the angels filling the room, moving in as faith begins to rise. Praise and worship can come, and all of a sudden there's times where there's just times where I just know that all of a sudden there's a host of angels singing with them. (laughs) And you know it too. I ain't never seen no angels. That's right. Doesn't mean they're not there. Better turn to your angel and say, hi, angel. Angel. How's it going? Appreciate you hanging with me. I want you to go everywhere with me now. (laughs) I want you to help me. Just don't be standing over there with your arms folded up. All right? Hey, I'm telling you, there was a commercial one time. It was a tire commercial. And I saw it, and I only saw it once or twice. And I thought, that is a cool commercial. And they took it off. But it was like a, I don't know the name of the company, but it was a, it had like four angels, one on each tire. Did you ever see it? And they were flying real fast. They had little mic, head mic things. You know what I mean? They're like pothole coming up. You know, and they got hit by there. But they were on the side of the car, and I thought, that is cool. That is real. <laughs> <laughs> that's real stuff. You know, the angel was a little bitty thing, but it might have been a real big one. You know what I mean? But, but I was like, that's some real stuff. Amen? But, you know, I don't know what happened to that commercial, but they probably sold a bunch of tires and then figured, well, you know, somebody got mad and they better take it off. You know, that's what happens. Somebody gets upset and gets offended. We need to have faith. Amen? Say faith. We need to be, have faith. We need to be able to walk in faith. You, you can't allow yourself to be governed just by your feelings. There's times where I get up in the morning, and I I don't feel too spiritual. But it doesn't matter. There's still faith is there. Are you with me? We can't can't get to the point where, well, we're just so emotional all the time, so emotional, so emotional all the time, so emotional. Emotions are good. God created emotions. He heals through emotions. He delivers through emotions. There's a lot of things that happens. Or, Or people with no emotion is actually an emotion. No emotion is an emotion. Come on. We can't allow our lives to be governed just by our feelings because faith is still there. It's still there whether you feel good today or not. It's still there whether you're in love with your wife today or you're not. It's still there whether you love your kids today or the way they acted today or not. I'm telling you, it's just like God's love. It's there no matter what. Faith is still there. You have a measure of faith. Some of us say, I want to get to the next level in faith because if, if faith is as little as a mustard seed, then I want it to grow because Jesus talks about that when he talks about that parable about faith growing. So I want you to know that tonight your faith is growing. Amen? So your faith is growing. So we need, to, we need to look at this. We need to realize that if we direct our life in the spiritual realm, that we need to walk in faith, all right? John 8, 32 says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth is we have to have faith. Turn to your Bibles right here. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. If we're going to be led by the Spirit of God, number one, you must be born again. Number two, you must have humility. 
Number three, you must develop faith. Faith has got to be developed. We've got it. Let's grow it. Let's develop it. Let's move to the next level in faith. We might be at a first grade level of faith, and God's wanting us to go to the next level, the second grade level. Hebrews 11.6, and I'm going to close with this. Hebrews 11.6, you want to you learn a little bit more about faith. I, I met a sister... I met a sister this week. I went to a place in town, the tag agency, and, and I walked in, and I was sitting in there, and I was helping this guy get his license and stuff, and, and this, this sister came in, and she looked at me, and she said, I, I just knew I needed something today. She said, I need talk with you. So we went out to her car, and we opened up the Bible, and she said, I, I'm struggling with some faith issues. What do I need to read? And, of course, I, Hebrews chapter 11 you know, 11.1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidences of things not yet seen. And I began to start thinking about that, and we just had us a real Holy Ghost time right there in the parking lot out at the tag agency, amen, looking in the Word of God, and, and I prayed for her, and, and I know things are beginning to change, and I know she's renewed because she got back on the faith train. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, says, without faith it is impossible to please Him. Without faith, if we're going to have a Spirit-led life, if we're going to walk in the Spirit, if we're going to set our minds on things of the Spirit, we've got to have faith. Faith pleases God. Faith pleases God. When you start believing for things, I'm not talking about material things, that too, but when you start believing God, for relationships to be restored. When you start believing God for all of Oklahoma and all of the home, man, home of the red man to be saved and transformed, it's going to take faith. When you start believing God that all of Woodward, all of Moreland, that all of Fort Supply, that all of Ellis County, that all of Beaver County, that all of Cimarron County, that the, the, the whole 77 counties in the state of Oklahoma are going to be saved and transformed, it's going to take faith. Now, look what it says here about faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. I'm telling you, that's the word. It will not return to him void, but it will do what it's planned and purpose to do. You have to have faith to please God. I want to please God. Don't you want to please God? And God will take us right where we are, right where we're at, in the situation that we're at, in the sin, middle of the sin that we're in, the transgressions, the iniquities that, are, that we're dealing with, but he will not leave you there. He won't leave you there. You know, he didn't leave me where I was. He reached his hand down, and he said, come on. I'll give you a hand up out of that mess, but it's up for you. You are the one that has to reach up. You're the one. He can take us and pull us out of the hole, and we'll fall right back in the hole. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I want to please Him, don't you? Let's give the Lord some a hand of faith clap. Amen? Lord, we bless you tonight.
We're going to operate in faith tonight. So you want to be led by the Spirit of God? We know you must be born again. We know that you've got to operate in humility. You don't have it all figured out. (laughs) You don't have it all figured out. You don't have it all figured out. And the third thing you need to realize is that you must develop faith. We want to see your faith developed. I want to be part of developing that faith. I want you to get in. I want you to read Hebrews chapter 11. I mean, Abraham did some things. God told him where, God told him just to get up and go when he went. He got part of the way, half of the way, you know, and he's like, you know, what do I need to do? Just keep going. And God, yep, keep going. By faith, Noah began to start building an ark. He got a word from the Lord and gave him directions, and he started building an ark. Because it's going to flood. I, I don't even know and knew the word what flood meant. If it hadn't ever rained and flooded before, I don't know as if he really even knew the word and what it meant. We look at it and we read it. But he built an ark. And how many people told him, what are you doing, Noah? What are you doing? But by faith, he built it. You know what? There's a movie. I'm, I'm, I'm not endorsing the movie on, on a spiritual realm. But I'm saying the movie showed faith. How many ever ever seen that movie called The Field of Dreams? Just raise your hand. I'm telling you, that guy built that movie, that field, by faith. You know, I don't know about all the ball players coming and playing and stuff like that, and some of them going, is this heaven? I mean, that's a cool movie. I mean, I, you know, I just like the movie. I mean, you know why? Because he stepped out and built something in faith. He stepped out and did something in faith. And I kept hearing Build it, and they will come. Build it, they will come. Build it, they will come. Build it, they will come. Read the Word of God. Maybe you're stuck tonight. Maybe you're, maybe you're not allowing God to move in your life. Maybe you're not allowing Him to have everything in your life tonight. Step out on faith and let God have everything tonight. Will you stand to your feet tonight? Listen, if you need prayer tonight, we would be glad to pray for you. At the bottom, I want you to take this home. I'm telling you, we got some additional scriptures. I got a bunch of scriptures down there. I put them all down there for you. I wanted you to be able to have them. You go back in your time, do some studies, look at, the, look at faith, begin to look at some of the, the, the Hebrew stuff in chapter 11. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, even in chapter 10, there's, there's 